Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Driving More Show. Hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host this evening. Don't forget, you can join us at 8 p.m. every Monday. Well, most Mondays. I try and make it every Monday um, uh, to uh, chat about the latest goings on in rugby so those of you who are joining definitely you can join us on facebook youtube or twitter live or you can catch the recording on the um, old um, podcast uh, those of you uh, catching the uh, podcast listen to audio obviously you won't be able to see my pretty face uh, but uh, those of you on watching it live uh, will be able to and if you could probably see or watch the recording of the video that is anyway so i'm going to be a black eye um and uh, a bruised nose unfortunately um on a saturday i uh, uh, got randomly assaulted in the street, so um, and uh, spent the rest of the day in hospital uh, getting uh, looked at. So um, I must say I've not seen all of that much um, rugby. I did watch the uh, All Blacks game, but I haven't seen, and I've seen highlights of the uh, Springboks game, but I've not seen uh, the other one. So unless um, we have a late uh, joiner come and join me, I won't be able to talk much about that game. Um, but we will have a chat about the old uh, uh, the All Blacks game um, that. Uh, happened obviously um, at the weekend and we'll catch up also on uh, the other uh, international action from the weekend uh, from, a, from at least results point of view. So um, on Saturday before we had um, the rugby championship games, um, Samoa um, lost to Fiji 19-33 um, in the, uh, the final round of that uh, Pacific Nations series. Apparently it's a series not a Pacific Nations Cup um, on um, that one, um, and uh, the uh, the other game in that one saw Japan um, beat Tonga twenty one to um, sixteen um, on there. And Optimus right says, "Yeah, sorry about this, Paul. Hope the those responsible are held account. Yep, the police got hold of them, and uh, it'll all go through the due process. I'm not saying more about it because obviously it's going through um, that because uh, it's going to, going to go through that uh, piece of things. Um, so." Um, so, yes, uh, sorry, I mentioned uh, what happened um, to your eye, mate. Uh, sorry, I got a, um, assault, uh, randomly assaulted uh, in the street at the weekend. So, uh, one of those one freak incidents, 
uh, that uh, unfortunately can happen from now and every now and again. Uh, but um, so yeah, so I'm all okay. Um, obviously, I yeah, got uh, the various bru the bruising that used to go down and uh, a few aches and pains. But uh, other than that, we'll be all right and we'll, we'll recover okay on that one. And thanks for the kind comments in the uh, the live chat there. Um, so yeah, it's a good wins for Fiji and um, in Japan at the weekend during that uh, during those games. Also, Scotland took on Italy, uh, beating them at twenty five to um, thirteen um, as well. So um, a good start for uh, Scotland in their post hog era um, with um, uh, Ollie. I've gone blank as to the guy's name, Smith, um, having uh, getting a go um, on uh, on. Uh, at some um, at, uh, at the weekend in that 15 jersey uh namibia got beaten by the argentinian 15 or the second team for Argent uh, um, argentina b 27 to 34 and uruguay saw of chile 26 to 25 um there uh, chile scoring a uh, a late one um to make it a one-point game and uh, zooming in um with uh, on, on kind of to save the day um is steve how are you doing sir just about not too bad yourself it's been a busy it's been a busy day we'll just get the camera working properly here we go yep. oh good yourself thanks I'm, I'm here i'm late i'm but i made it <laughs> <laughs> i'm surviving a little bit sore but i'm surviving so all good all good um, it's all on, falling uh, apart that's right on that one you're falling apart oh dearie me <sighs> no just that look at that <laughs> I watched. Hey, if you talked about the Scotland game at all, I just saw someone put it in the comments there. I've just, I've just literally just mentioned the results from the weekend of um, the uh, international games oh, that weren't um, oh, wait. the rugby championship. But um, no, no. If you already got something to say about it, go for it because I've not really got anything, anything to say about any oh. of those games at all, <laughs> except that some um, Ollie Smith um, got to start in place of uh, Stuart Hogg. So uh, with Stuart Hogg's retirement, so congratulations to him, giving him the first bite at that uh, fifteen jersey that I think most expect. Um, King home to uh, uh, kind of own um, initially in, in that in that starting team, but obviously they need to create give uh, get a bit of depth there. But um, yeah, some comments from you then about that. Um, uh, uh, what you want to start on the uh, Scotland beating Italy? Well, that, I watched that game because it was in between the 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 Bledisloe game and the uh, well, the rugby championship two matches, so it was quite nicely timed to be able to watch that one uh, on the side as it as it pushed on through, but. A terrible conditions uh, for a game of rugby. It was drizzly and just messy, and it made for well, it made for that sort of game as well. I thought, it's, I thought Italy probably take their heads held pretty high from that encounter. I thought they played fairly well. I thought they matched up with Scotland for probably sixty minutes of that game. They led at half time. Um, they took their chances, but both sides threw away a, a lot of ball. The tries were quite opportunistic. I thought for. For Scotland, especially that first one, a little kick, no one marking, you know, seeing a big, was he a back row that scored that last try there? Just when do they score sidestep tries like that and make people look silly? Um, but it was, it was quite, I think it was a game that Italy could have won if they could have applied for 80 minutes. I think they fell off quite, quite drastically at the end, but it was poor conditions for a game. Um, and both sides were, I think, fairly poor in, in all of. Yeah, over overall the whole 80 minutes of that month. But yeah, it was good to see them play. Good to see Scotland play because I've not seen Scotland um, come out for quite some time or Italy. Uh, and I think they've both got some quite quality, dangerous players, especially like teens operate pretty well. Tommaso Allen, I thought, played pretty well for the Italians uh, directing the game 
for them. So, yeah, the, not not enough to make you go, oh, they're going to be a threat, you know, to any big nations later on this year, but enough to say that they're going to hold their own and they, they could they they could get good or, you know, get upset someone yeah. later on. They, they could they improve. Could good. Um, I, I'm tentative to say they're going to be great or they're going to upset a big big nation. Uh, but I think they'll... They'll, by by watching that, I think they're going to do what we expect them to do and nothing more. Oh, look, I mean, look, Italy joined Six Nations were showing that they lots of promise, zero results. Um, which, when you look at their their group at the Rugby World Cup with France and uh, and the and New Zealand, they'll lose to those two and then they'll win their, their then they'll win their games against the two tier two two tier two nations, which I've forgotten who they who are in their pool. Um, but um, so yes, so. Um, the uh, I'm sorry, was it a second, third B team selected for Scotland? Um, look, looking at the, the, the uh, Scotland lineup, the, yeah, look, there are a lot of players there who were um being uh being trialed. Um, but you've also got players like uh, a British and Irish Lions, um, your Price and Harris, um, uh, were both both playing. I mean, Darge has played well, perhaps not first choice. Um, Stein, uh, look, I mean, he's I guess he's the first, first, um. Uh, first, first uh, uh, kind of reserve there on the wings as well. Then Darcy Graham, he's a starter. So mm -hmm. look, there are a few um, starters, but yes, it, well, there were a lot of replacement um, players there for Scotland uh, in that one. And a standout um, too, Darcy Graham. I thought he was considerably better than anyone else on that paddock. <laughs> uh, you can tell he's he's another level player. That guy, he's good. There you go. So yeah. Um, uh, so let us know that the uh, the uh, Tonga Samoa game will be um, on at two pm this Saturday on free to air on uh, TVNZ One. Um, so, um, but I think that doesn't that clash with the All Blacks game. I oh, know um, uh, this uh, this weekend, which is at two thirty five. So um, a clash with the All Blacks game. So an afternoon game, folks, because um, obviously when we're down there in. Um, in Dunedin, under in, 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 in the um, Tupperware <laughs> box, um, we've got to play under the nice sunshine. And <laughs> Can't let the rain get in. Jeez. So, um, so yeah, so you don't want to let the rain get in. That's true. That is true. Um, down there. Um, did you catch any of the um, other games, international games, apart from the rugby championship? I I caught the end ten or so minutes of the Tonga Japan game as well uh, after after the All Blacks match, which was. Which was frenetic. Um, <laughs> that was probably the best ten minutes, I think, uh, by the sounds of it, to uh, to tune into. Uh, both sides could have put that game cleanly away in that last ten minutes, but neither did it. And ended up pretty much as it was when I started watching it. But gee, they they can run. I mean, I you talk about like Scotland and Italy are, are pretty. Um, what's what's the way to put them? But a standard sort of rugby team. They do their basics. They're they're quite structured um, in the way they play. But like Tonga, oh man, there's very little like structure when the ball goes into those broken areas. They don't they don't try reset things back to any structure. They just they just go, and I mean they can go. In Japan too, for for um in their defence they can go too. So exciting, um two teams. I think if if I was looking at danger, which every game I watch now I look looking forward to the World Cup. I say Japan and Tonga have a lot more threat to me. Than, than a Scotland or an Italy if I was in their pool. So just to the styles they play, uh, if, it, if it breaks down and if they start to flow and doing the things that will rattle big nations, they have the capabilities. Where I think 
uh, Tonga and Italy are going to play that more. Oh, sorry, Scotland and Italy are going to play that more structured game, which other sides will be able to deal with quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, Tom Rice was asking, actually, going back to the Scotland game, um, is outside the selection window for Scotland, so only players from the local comp? No, look, I mean, the majority of Scotland's players play in the URC, so they do have access to them if they want to. Uh, this was more a matter of wanting to um, uh, actually look at uh, the, the other players and give those players an opportunity because they didn't do that during the Six Nations. Um, it was uh, pretty much their first choice team, I think, for pretty much every game there. So, um, so look, no, it's more about giving other players a, uh, an opportunity than it was about um, uh, having, having players not available um, for, um, for that one. Um, the um, so yeah so that's those are the uh, kind of uh, a quick um, look at the the, the non rugby championship games. So yeah, we had two games uh, this weekend um, for the rugby championship with the uh, All Blacks taking on the Wallabies in Bledsoe Cup One over there in Australia uh, at the MCG, which I was a bit surprised at to be honest with you, because normally they don't play at the MCG. Um, there are three kind of grounds there in um, Melbourne. Uh, and uh, they normally play at one of the other two um, grounds. I mean, even the uh, British and Irish Lions last time they toured in Australia didn't play at the MCG. Um, they played at the other um, AFL ground um, that's, uh, that, that, that can be covered. Um, and because uh, I actually was at that game, um, what, 10 years ago now. Uh, and so the, um, so the Lions are going to play at the MCG next time. So to get an eighty thousand plus was eighty four thousand um, crowd. Somewhere I thought was really impressive for that um, for that game uh, in what is an AFL town as well. Yeah, that was a good effort, wasn't it? it just goes to show that they'll support whatever they throw out there on the field. Uh, you wouldn't think there'd be much a huge attraction to go see the Wallabies, but I guess when you got Eddie Jones talking up a storm, um, you know, not going to France for his croissants and stuff like that, then why wouldn't you get behind them and think that they're going to topple? Um, the undefeated side from the competition. But, yeah, it was great to see. Uh, it's, it's old historical, I guess, stadium, but um, packed house, you know, 80,000 people plus is, is huge numbers. It's good good for the game to see that sort of crowd there. Absolutely. Look, I mean, they can, they, as, as Simon says, 20,000 short of a formal sellout, even so. Um, it still was, it was full enough. Um, you, you didn't think, oh, my God, they're playing to an empty stadium like we do with a lot of Super Rugby games. Um mm-hmm. The um, no, that, that was a um, that was a good. I mean, it's half the crowd were Kiwi expats. Who cares at the end of the day? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a bit sad when people... you're sitting there watching an Australian game and you hear an All Blacks chant going around well, when they're in Melbourne. It's <laughs> like, what am I watching? <laughs> but um, but I mean, just good. Yeah, you know, who cares where, 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 whether they're expat Kiwis or or um, or, or not? It's great to see um, that uh, that one. Yes, the AFL game one night before had a hundred thousand in there. Absolutely, that's what it can. That's what it can hold. And well done to AFL for filling it. Um, but I think they will be filling it for the uh, British and Irish Lions in uh, in two years' time um, on uh, on that one. Um, the um, LB says uh, he was impressed that Australia could hang with New Zealand as long as they did. Uh, I don't think they're um, far off where they need to be the World Cup. They definitely have the players, barring injury. Um, look, I mean, for, for Australia, look, I think they started well. Um, and then one of the comments we had earlier from LB was that he thought that it's, um, the Wallabies lacked fitness. Um, I think there was a bit of that, but I think it was also an element of we've thrown everything at them and it hasn't working. We're not getting points. Um, so you get dispirited 
and you're running out of gas. Um, and yeah, the Wallabies definitely faded. Uh, look, a couple of injuries, um, particularly to their captain, LL Toa, who is uh, unfortunately out now for the Rugby World Cup, I believe. I think I've read. Um, and then also to lose Tupu, who just has just come back from injury um, as well, um, was uh, was a real shame for them. So, um, yeah, a, a position of, of, of a prop there, which we think, or you could say they have strength, uh, but unfortunately not once you've lost a couple of players like that. Oh, that was huge. I think that messed up their whole plan, their whole game plan with the substitutes and the structure of how they played as well. Um, losing both, well, losing the first one just kind of threw everything out, but didn't it? Losing out Alatoa like that, but then to, to poor old Tupo, he just, he never looks like he's ever 100%, does he, the poor guy? Uh, he's a, I, I enjoy him. I, I think he's a great player, but he just always, he always looks like something's wrong. Um, but that, that threw them completely out. They were swapping players around and putting players... Around. That that did them in the end. Well, that did them finish them off, especially, yeah. I think, at the end. But, um, yeah, the, yeah, the players are there. Um, they were never really in, in a controlling position of, of that game where they'd want to be to try and play their game. They're always kind of playing catch-up on the on the match. Uh, but, yeah, they, they looked... They had standout players... Um, the game plan went went to pack, and it kind of just summed up their night when they just ran out of, like you say, ran out of ideas a bit. Yeah, ran out of ideas and steam. And the, 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 when the when the when the scrum started going back, so we didn't we didn't have a scrum for the first twenty minutes. I think it was, um, and then when um, and the first couple they they were um, they went well, um, and then they went backwards, and that was um, that was a, a problem. Um, the, um, the, uh, the 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 other. Um, the other prop, yeah, Bell, who came back. Now, look, mm. Bell, yeah, look, he's, he's been a crack, cracking player um, at Super Rugby. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely, definitely one of the up-and-coming guys, one of the up-and-coming props um, around. Uh, the um, Again, he, unfortunately, has had injuries, um, over, I think, probably last year. I think he had quite a big injury. Uh, so, perhaps hasn't uh, uh, probably hasn't been on some people's radar as much as um, as much as much you uh, would um, expect. But, yeah, no, he, he's a, he is a cracking player. Um, and we will be be, uh, be fun watching him in, uh, in in the years to come. Um, the uh, so yeah so look the All Blacks. Um, this I think we talked last week, and I was me. I was saying that this was pretty. That there were a couple of jerseys up for grabs. Um, one of those was the eleven jersey um, with uh, with Mark Talia. But um, yeah, he kind of uh, took firm hold of that jersey and showed us why um, Foster has faith with him has been that first choice in the 11 jersey in the first couple of games. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, I think this, yeah, was bar um, Sam Kane getting injured. This, this was our, this, this was the All Blacks' first choice team. And I think Mark Slear stood up and showed us why. I, I think you'll still be under threat when Leicester comes back. I, I'm not 100% sold on him in that position. I, I was kind of intrigued as to the game plan they had with his wing. Um, he probably had about 15 carries of about, you know, 300 centimetres over over a 10-minute period because he just they just kept hammering on that short side, which was all part of the game plan. But I kind of felt sorry for him as a winger who likes a bit of space and a bit of time and, and to move around players, just kept getting pigeonholed into this little one-metre channel uh, next to the sideline. He, he, he did um, suffer a bit because of that. But, hey, he, he did nothing wrong. He took the ball in, he recycled it, and he brought up another phase, which is about all you can really ask of a winger to do there. Um, that, in that situation, but yeah, he got a, a big break through the middle uh, later on in the matchup. 
um, didn't do anything wrong. So uh, he, he certainly raised the stocks, that, that is for sure. But uh, if anything, it just creates a bit more depth for us uh, on that left side, which is, yeah, like you say, is the area that was a bit of question marks about. But uh, he was he was solid enough, solid enough. But bizarre as to probably why he got so much ball in that area period with the meat of the room. You've got a stat, though. Yeah. There, there was, uh, I, will, I will get through the stats, his stats, oh. but um, so yeah, Mark Talia just uh, um, 17 carries, 127 <laughs> meters, um, five clean breaks, um, nine defenders beaten, one offload. Um, five clean breaks is the same number of clean breaks as the rest of the team put together. Um, so, um, three for Will Jordan, um, one for Scott Barrett, and one for Dalton Papilihi. Um, so look, now Mark Talia had a very good game, um, and uh, the as you say, at first, New Zealand played a lot down the blind side on both uh, on both sides. They they, they decided right, yeah, we're playing in the tram lines, um, we're not going to the middle of the pitch at all. Um, and uh, apart from yeah, it didn't didn't help us when there was one pass that went straight out on the full um, early in the game. Um, but um, uh, yeah, it was interesting that they were, yeah they were going to hammer that that short side, um, make sure that uh, the uh, the Wallabies had to defend it um, properly for the rest of the game knowing that it was going to be that they, they couldn't um, sort of bring extra players onto the open side, thinking that it's going to come back open again. Uh, and then in that second half more, yeah, you saw Talia coming in off his wing, um, playing off sort of Richard Mwanga, um as, a, as a, a, a quite a bit. Um, and uh, that's where I think he got most of his clean breaks. He also got clattered a couple of times as well, um, but he kept coming, which is good to see. Yeah, he did. I think the good thing about that first one, well, the half at least, anyway, was was the amount of actual good defense there was in that game. There was mm. obviously try one uh, was, was a, a pinnacle of that, but there was a lot of just good, heavy driving tackles, like the old fashioned sort of style rib ticklers, just right in the middle, smashing them back, driving them back, and it was good to see. And it was good to see like no one was picking holes in it and saying that, oh, you can't do this, you can't do it. It was just good defence. And that was what I think was a highlight um, from those two sides, just the way they were playing and the way they were being aggressive in the tackle and actually not doing anything illegal, which, oh, I mean, when do we even not see a yellow card these days? And then and then we got one after I said that anyway. But, you know, it was good to see. It was, eh? Um, and I know Hooper got uh, named in the Planet Rugby's um, Team of the Weekend and he's taken a bit of flack in our in our, in our rugby chat group. Um, but he did make 30 tackles, which was... Wow. Um, and uh, I know there's been some talk here, you know, Elvis, about, the, about them picking um, second rowers um, as flankers. But boy, yeah, he... Um, I think Holloway now is more a flanker than a um, than a lock. Uh, yeah, sure, he's a, he's a jumping flanker. Um, but yeah, Hooper, 30 tackles, which is an impressive amount. Um, Papule, he got through 26 himself. So, yeah, both sevens um, getting through a, uh, a chunk of work um, there uh, on that one. Um, the uh, Nocturnal Rights um, saying, yeah, 38% possession for the Wallabies um, in the end um, and lost the uh, territory battle. Um, no wonder they were tired. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, they, uh, they they got through a, 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 a lot of work um, made. Uh, come on, quick, quick, quick. Stats. I want to use a stat. Where are you? Reload quick. Um, yeah, 248 tackles they made out of an attempted 289. So 86%, so still a decent percentage there, um, made a lot of tackles um, in um, that game. Um, 
LB says, um, NZ, the only um, team peaking at the right time. Uh, look, um, I, Steve and I have talked about this a lot um, off screen. Uh, and perhaps we'll do a, and we've been talking about doing a video about it on screen. Um, but um, essentially, I think a lot of these teams don't need to be peaking now. Um, a lot of these teams don't need to be peaking until um, the uh, the knockout stage of the World Cup. A lot of these teams can get through the the pool stages without peaking. Um, so uh, you, you might say the All Blacks are peaking too early um, in, 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 in some ways. Um, so um, the um, you do have to yeah you do have to uh, um, what's what I'm looking for here um, yeah, I, again I wouldn't be reading too much in now uh, I think teams are looking at getting their squads right their players right um, and uh, the, 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 so Steve are you, are you concerned that other teams aren't peaking and this is perhaps the the, the All Blacks are going to walk the Rugby World Cup because they're peaking at the right time. <laughs> No, no, I don't think it's far, far from the case. I think, um, yeah, form. I think form is good for morale. Morale, uh, mental state, uh, it certainly helps with that. Uh, knowing you have the ability to win. I think that's what this is going to cost the Wallabies. Is they've lost so much now. Like they've lost against all three of the teams in this competition now as well. Are they going to meet them during the World Cup? Possibly. What's the last thing they think of the last meeting? Getting pipped at the post by the Pumas getting destroyed by the Springboks, getting destroyed ultimately, you know, 31 points is a pretty big thumping these days by the All Blacks as well. So mentally, um, it's great. And I think just winning as, as much as possible is good for that. But uh, losing uh, will take its toll. And you, you got to think for the Wallabies, this is probably the, the worst case scenario for them. Yeah, look, there's, 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 um, there's definitely that. I mean, one thing I would like to also pull out, um, Nocturnal Rights mentioned Will Jordan's try was after 21 carries. Um, and you need the ball to beat us, he says. Um, I think that's what you are seeing from this All Blacks team. Is There's been a, um, a tactical shift this season away from uh, kicking for territory. We, don't, we are not seeing the All Blacks kick for territory very much. Yes, they kicked more than the Wallabies. They kicked 25 times compared to 21. But you're seeing a lot of cross-field kicks. You're seeing a lot of kicks kicked for Will Jordan to chase and challenge. There are very few kicking it so far that they can't be competed for, um, particularly into opposition 22, and saying, hey, let's play some kick tennis and kick back. We're not seeing the All Blacks play kickback um, at the moment. Um, so there is, uh, yeah, there is definitely that. There's definitely a tactical shift there around we want to have the ball because, yeah, you can't score with it if we've got it. Um, now, clearly, they still don't want to play in their own 22. <laughs> and who does? Um, but um, yeah, but the, the 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 style of kicking isn't so much for territory, is what I've seen. Any any other kind of changes for either of these teams tactically you've seen this year? Um, I think yeah, patience probably is the biggest thing we've seen. I think from the All Blacks this this year as it's gone on, they're just a lot more patient with the ball in hand, um, a lot more use. I think of the forwards. Then we've probably seen from them in the past, which I guess comes with the patience as well as, as developing and building um, the plays they're working on. But that, that's got to be the number one thing. Um, just the ability to actually get those guys in going forward with, with the structure of they playing with the forwards is, is the main thing. And I, I, like you say, that, that little blindside thing that they kept doing against the Wallabies, I think that 
was very interesting to see because we've not really typically seen that for them or from them. Is that a, a wallaby tactic? Is, is that a team tactic? Is we'll obviously see that in, in future weeks, I guess. But yeah. obviously, thinking about things, changing things, working on things, developing things. Um, certainly, they've changed up a lot for that. For the wallabies, though, I think before we move on from this game, a credit will have to go. I have to put a lot of credit to Rob Valentini. I thought he had a, a storming matchup. And his work around the breakdown without the ball uh, was huge uh, for the Wallabies. Um, defensively, he just upset the All Blacks kind of flow from that breakdown. He, he got in the face of Aaron Smith a lot and tried to mess with his sort of game. He was just a menace around there. He, he was an enforceful menace as well. Uh, he was just destroying guys and causing complete mayhem. Did the All Blacks not protect that area enough? Possibly. Did they adjust? I think either they did or Valentini kind of moved away from that sort of tactic. But I think during that first half, especially he was uh, exceptionally good at single-handedly doing it as well. It wasn't a team sort of work. He was doing it by himself and he was making a massive mess to that quick ball, just to the rucks, the breakdown, to the fringe defense, everything. He was the man on it. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's, um, he was one of the guys who start for, for, um, uh, for, for for the Wallabies, and as you said, the Wallabies had a number of players who stood out. We're talking about the um, mm. the the All Blacks, so a couple of players who did stood out we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Scott Barrett um, really oh, has yeah. has taken his game to a new level this year, um, and uh, forced him forced his way in from being the um, the bench lock to being a starting lock um, ahead of White Lock, which is uh, which is an impressive thing to do. So he really has taken his game to the next level. Um, we had a question earlier also in the live chat saying, are the All Blacks going to stick with um, uh, Rico Iwani um, in the centres, uh, in, in the 13 jersey? Absolutely. Um, as I say, this, to my mind, this is the All Blacks starting 15. Um, and uh, with the exception of uh, Sam Kane uh, at, uh, at seven, uh, and anyone else has got to force their way into this team. There may be, as you say, Lesser Fainuku, who's been injured, hasn't had an opportunity to try and make his force away into that 11 jersey. Um, but everyone else, they 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 would be they if 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 the All Blacks make the World Cup, this is the team that will be starting um, that 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 World Cup. Um, I think uh, so. Yeah. If uh, possibly, well, I picked a holes in the work of or starting with Coles and Taylor at hooker, which I yep. thought Takiyaho would be my guy. But Cody Taylor was one guy I wrote down as my standout, one of my standouts for the All Blacks. I thought he had a great game. His, his basic skills, his line-out throwing was pretty good. Um, and all that sort of stuff worked well. So he was his usual dynamic self around the field. But in terms of what he typically does slack down on a bit, I thought he was very, very good. So you can't complain too much if he is the starting guy. And if Takiyaho comes off the bench, like I say, he's, he's put the work in there. Is it someone else's job to topple him off now? Because... You can't argue with how he performed in the weekend. Yep. A um, couple of comments about the blindside move. Yep. Or, or, or playing down the short side. Uh, yeah, the All Blacks said it get a bit against the box as well. Um, it's one of those opportunities where they get to show their, show their handling. Um, mm. And, they, and I, did, I do remember a try or a good, at least, uh, meter gain by those quick little little passes in left and right in, in, that, in that sort of five-meter channel. Um, uh, Nocturne Rights points out that it's actually a good move to... Uh, um, negate the rush defence, um, which is obviously expecting to, to use the open side of the pitch. So, yeah, some good points there uh, in our live chat. So, forget, folks, join us at 8pm on Mondays on the old uh, YouTube um, to make comments or, or Facebook. 
Um, if you're watching on Twitter, um, sorry, but Twitter doesn't allow you to make comments um, into the um, into the live chat. Um, so yeah, All Blacks heading in the right direction. Um, a few comments that uh, yeah, look is to I guess not to get over, not to get some um, uh, ahead of themselves in this one. Look, they are the most. They they look like they they know their their, their first choice team. They look like they're playing well. Things heading in the right direction, uh, but um, there is a long way to go before the um, Rugby World Cup final. Um, just, just a couple of days. <laughs> just a couple of more days. Um, so on to the um, second game. Unless there's anything else you want to say, I'll move, we'll move on to the second game. Uh, I, I, I'd just like to double down on your cinnamon of Scott Barrett. I thought he was ugh, just crazy good. I've not seen a forward play such a dominant sort of role uh, for a long, long time. Um, and, and that first try, that tackle, I mean, put that on a highlight reel just forever. You know, in, in the year 3050, we should be still showing someone that that try. You mentioned that, but again, we saw something similar happen in the, um, oh, I thought so in, in the, uh, the the Springboks um, games. I thought one of the Springboks locks came through uh, and took out the um, scrum half. The scrum half just got the ball away, though, in, in their case. But uh, yeah, something clearly that... Um, players are uh, working on at the moment. Now, the Springboks beat the uh, Pumas, um, and you could argue that this came down to because the Pumas couldn't kick sticks. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's not really the talking point from this game. Um, the, the main talking point from this game is how many players left it who basically knocked out, um, essentially. We had three players in the first half um, who were knocked out. Two Argentinian players um, got their tackling wrong and got their heads in the wrong place. Um, first one um, was the uh, the winger with um, Evan Beth running over him for the try. Uh, got his head right in the wrong place and, and, and got knocked out. And then the other one um, decided that, um, or the other one got his hawk head caught by um, uh, Dwayne Vermeulen's hip, which is um, a rather large piece of body. Um, and, uh, and and we saw both those um, players golf. So look, tackling technique is important, folks. Get your head out of the way um, is obviously the big message there. Um and I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone can. Uh, the, the, the only blame for those ones is on the is is, is on the, the tacklers, and those were what you would call rugby incidents. Mm-hmm. The other one, though, eleven seconds into the game, <laughs> for those of you on on, <laughs> on the uh, on the old podcast listening audio, uh, we've got Steve shaking his head from left to right massively. Um, the um, uh, well, we're told to keep low ball. You are told to keep that. It's fine, but you can still move your head to the side. You don't have to put your head in front of the player, um, as we saw the um, the winger do. Um, on the, the 11 seconds, though, um, look, uh, I forgot the name of the player who was who was kicking the ball, but um, Grant Williams, Argentinian. Thank you. Um, the Argentinian uh, on, on debut as well. Uh, Argentinian player comes through, jumps up to. Well, you can say try to block, try, try to try to charge the ball down, but if you're that late, yeah, the ball's gone way over your hands. You're not getting anywhere near it. Um, no, he charged it down though. And... That's the argument. Sorry, he actually charged he it down. Really? Yes, he did get the oh, ball. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's why. That's what the argument of this whole situation is. I'll I'll just add this in: okay. is that they they called it a rugby incident because he actually got the ball which opens up the can of worms of saying that if you actually get the ball when you're doing anything like that, you're open to do whatever reckless tasks you want. So I'll leave the rest to you. (laughs) 
no, no, you, you, you've also got this better. I, so I've only seen highlights and um, uh, and bits on um, uh, YouTube clips, oh, bits on sort of Twitter clips and and so forth. Um, but he comes through and his hip just takes out Williams's head, and he's he's out cold straight away. Um, the game continues with a, with a ruck nearby, um, and um, uh, and the referee lets that until there's a penalty for Argentina. Now, first off, um, we saw um, later in the game when that so when the player got uh, uh, hit by um, Dwayne Vermeulen's hip, um, Vafta Klerk immediately backs away um, from the ruck, pointing at the player, waving his arms, telling the referee to stop the game, um, and uh, did exactly the right thing. So well done, Faf on that one. Um, but the referee, if you've got someone out cold and there's play going on around them, you've got to stop play for play safety. Um, you can't um, allow the uh, you can't allow the play to continue uh, with a player in a dangerous situation like that, um, to my mind. So first off, that's that's wrong, even if it is a rugby incident, uh, which the other one was um, when he stopped play because Faf stood away. So um, so from that one, um, it, uh, it shouldn't be. Um, okay, I see what they're saying. He got the ball, therefore, pay. It was it was a legitimate charge down. Okay, yeah, I guess from, from in... I can see what they're saying, but you can't be taking someone's head off like that. Um, that is... That's, that, that, that's a career endo, as, as we saw with Pat Lambie um, several years ago now. Um, and that has to be a red, not just a yellow go off and review and is a red and replace in 20 minutes. That's a red out of here. You're down to 14 men for the rest of the game. It's a, it's, it's very tough on the referee to make that call 11 seconds into the game. I understand that um, because the game's hardly started. You're, you're impacting the rest of the game, but uh, you've, you've got to make, unfortunately, that's a call you've got to make in, in my book. Um, that you can't be taking, we can't be allowing players to get injured like that. Like oh, we could, we could just talk about this for the whole hour, really, if you, if you want to. Because oh, this, I've watched this, I've watched this clip probably about fifty times. Because I, and my mind on it has changed from not really knowing what's going on and just going with accepting what was happening to actually watching it, seeing what was going on, and being like, this, this isn't okay. Um, Vili LaRue actually, if you're going to credit Faf de Klerk for coming for that second player, Vili LaRue actually came running from way back in his own and goal near the other side of the field, running to that ruck and was hitting the referee to tell him to stop the play when he's giving that penalty. He, he was literally doing, you know, that guy that does those little clips like, look, the guy is out cold, man. He is out, gone <laughs> completely. And yep. I, it, it baffles me how long he just, and he, he was literally, he was almost standing on his hand. He was that close to the guy on the floor. To Grant Williams and how he, he didn't notice that or see that baffles me for a start off. The whole it, it's, it's hardly a charge down when you're going into it facing the wrong way, as well, isn't it? Really, a charge down, you know, you're going arms yeah. up to the ball to try and deflect the ball. If he had done that, he would have just collapsed on top of him. There would have been a pile of bodies and everyone would have got up and gone, Oh, that was a bit messy. But the fact you're going and leading with your hip like that is bad for a start off this goes over the whole weekend of whatever happened to the rule of probably the last three or four years where if you hit someone in the head you're gone doesn't matter what you're doing you it's gone it's it's bad it's at least a yellow you clean out a ruck you hit the head it's a yellow you 
tackle someone and it goes, oh, it's their neck. You're gone. Um, you climb up and they land on their back or their neck. You're gone. And that just seems to have gone now completely from the game or the sort of stuff of people being hit in the head is, is okay again. And I don't understand where the consistency of this ruling has gone because we've seen a few times uh, in the All Blacks Wallabies game as well, there was a couple where there was head knocks and stuff, which aren't bad. And you kind of go, okay, that's all right. But that would have been minimal penalized if not yellow carded two years ago or a year ago um so the the rule is kind of taking a backward step and this is to me highlighting it massively because that was dangerous as as all kinds of danger like he, he could be he was up and around um not long later on on the bench but geez like how many players are going to have career ending injuries like that from stupid stuff whether it's the 16th second or whether it's the 83rd minute it, it really doesn't matter but I yeah he, it's gone the ref was poor the decision making was poor um the player care was poor everything about that whole first 20 seconds of that game was was woefully poor uh, I I could argue against it forever <laughs> yep no agreed um uh LB says we get emotion about this because Africa's because um uh, this kind of uh, thing literally killed Pat Lambie's career. Uh, he was throwing up every morning for a year and having headaches every day. Yeah, look, also. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Pat Lambie, the following day or, or two days later, was, was, was flying off towards where the next um, test was. You're like, the, the whole thing around head injuries um, is you need to be in a place which has got minimal um, stimuli, I do not use computers, do not use TVs, no screens at all. Taking somebody through an airport with everything that's going on, all the noise is, is not good for somebody who is, uh, who's, who's had a serious concussion. They should be in a dark room or in a quiet room at the very least um, where they can relax. Um, and does that mean that uh, a medical staff should, should have stayed with him in the hotel and book out the hotel room for the week? Yes, it does. That's what you, you shouldn't be putting these people on planes afterwards. I don't think you should be bringing them out onto the pitch, um, uh, onto the bench, and um, surrounding them into, in, in an environment where, you, where there's lots of noise and things going on uh, with the crowd that's, that's going to be um, activating their brain. They should be in a quiet room in the, in, um, where, where they can uh, relax and let their brain rest uh, and recover. Um, so, um, yeah, what happened? I, I don't. I don't really personally, and this is as a, as a non-doctor 
who has just read some stuff. I'm not saying I'm the most educated on this. I was amazed at the way that Pat, I, I, I disagreed with, not rather amazed, with the way that Pat Lambie was uh, was looked after post-game as well um, on, on, on that one. Um, the and, and how a whole bunch of other players have come back and sat on the bench as well. I, I don't agree with that, that that is what should be happening from what I have read and from what I understand to be the right, to be what you're supposed to be doing uh, to try and help someone recover. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether Williams is, is on an aeroplane flying with the squad to the next to the next location or, uh, or, or are they going to find a way of that he can be, that he can actually uh, sort of rest and recuperate where he is. Um, Dr. Wright says, by the same token, does that not apply to Jordy Barrett, whose red was rescinded as uh, he was the jumping player? And this is about anything near the head, you have to go. And I totally disagree with Jordy Barrett's red getting rescinded. He should have, that was a red card, um, and it should have saved his red card. Um, this idea that it was rescinded because he was doing it to balance himself, well, jump properly then, that doesn't involve you needing to balance yourself by putting your foot out in front of you, put bluntly. Mm. Um, you get you get red card. You go, oh geez, I got the height wrong going into that tackle. Sorry, it was a mistake. Well, tough, right? If you get your jump wrong, tough. Um, if you don't execute the skill properly, it, even if it's an accident, we don't. We're not supposed to judge by intent. We're judged by the result. If you haven't practiced your skill well enough, well, then um, you should be. Um, uh, th- then you should be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Then you should be. Um, uh, it should be punished for 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 that. Um, mm. So yeah, the um, uh, Christopher. It's now common medical practice practice to stay away from dark room and be in a bright place with as much stimulation as possible. Uh, maybe ahead of their time. Um, uh, okay, I I've not heard that because um, I think they still say don't have screens and things and that. So it's not as much stimulation as possible. Uh, it's more controlled simulation rather than just purely no stimulation. But um, uh, but yeah, no, it's not. Uh, well, I've, I've not read that, um, so I can't agree with that personally. Um, On to the game. Then. I was really sad about that 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 starting passage. Not only did <laughs> the time of that whole match is in the the match started late just like it did at the mcg and then we had like 11 seconds before he got wiped out and then it was about another 15 minutes or longer i didn't even know how long it was um till play got going and then at the end of the half of, where the player got knocked out um and he was probably about 10 or 15 minutes as well that that 80 minute game took two and a half hours to complete it was incredibly long how long that match took but the saddest thing about the whole situation of grant williams is that while they were obviously taking care of him and getting him off the field as you know safely and that as like they do, they played a highlights package of him um, from um, his, his club ties URC games, and he he is talented, man. I mean, he is. You watch that, and you're like, boy, I want to see this kid play. And then it's like, I I'm not going to get to see him play <laughs> because he's out. But gee, it's so disappointing because he's is he is lightning fast. Um, to the point of that, you think he's a winger. He's skinning guys on the outside, down sidelines, wingers, and he's smoking them. And it's like, boy, what a talent. Uh, I hope he's okay because he looks like he's going to be a real fun player to watch. Um, 
the uh, LBCA is probably the fastest spot at the moment. Um, I'm, sure I'm guessing, Paul, that you would have been a, an assessor for concussion recently. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a never call of it. <laughs> Oh, that is true. that is fair to say. Medical expert. No, I'm not. As I said, I'm not claiming to be a medical expert, expert but from, from from what I've read and what I've been told, <laughs> screen time simulation is not a good thing if you had a head. You shouldn't injury. be doing this show. Uh, well, That's what he's been told. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, I don't believe I had a head injury. But there you go. Uh, well, that um, that situation anyway um the um where are we then um so i said i've only seen highlights of this uh and, and to me look after some of the losses that argent that um uh the, 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 the spring box have taken uh look this is a good comeback um for them uh a good result for them um or a good position to be in uh, and and bar barring now look would they have got that last minute try um to um to get the game uh, to a one-point game, um, so if if they'd kicked their other kicks, who knows? Um, so you can't say, oh yeah, they lost this game because of the kicks because it was only one point. If they'd made one of those kicks, that would have won the game. No, that's not how it works. Um, but they certainly were in this um, and competitive. LB says, yeah, that um, the uh, the was it scrappy, um, the uh, Bok defence um, was good, um, and uh, the. Um, and he's, oops, he tries to move his um, stats. Look, Argentina had 59% possession and 62% territory. So this game was played wow. in the uh, Springboks half. Um, the um, and um, the uh, uh, the Springboks made 170 tackles uh, out of 195 compared to 93 out of 109 um, by Argentina. So nearly twice as many um, tackles um, by. Uh, the uh, the spring box there a, a seriously a big shift for them um, now scrappy is what you said twenty turnovers by the spring box if you're going to make that many turnovers to only eight by Argentina if you're going to be giving up the ball that frequently to your opposition and not where you want to be giving it up it's not like you've kicked it deep and said hey have the ball in your twenty two um, that's turning the ball over when you've got it and you want to be you want to have it. Um, then you're going to be in for a long night. Uh, now, well done to them for actually making that many errors and having so little ball and territory and still coming away with a win. Um, shows they really did grind this one out. See, that's, that's, those stats surprise me, especially the territory one. Because watching this game, this was a game where Argentina very rarely got near the Springboks line. Uh, the kicks were all taken around halfway in, inside the 10-meter line of, of each side. Uh, they never really threatened, aside from the end, to score a lot of tries. They had little passages where they would get there, but they, the box had got the penalties in the ruck, or they'll get a turnover. They just seemed to have that little clutch play to finish it when they were really, really in trouble. But this is a game that I would have thought, if I was going to guess position and territory before you said it, I thought South Africa would have won that territory battle because they were in better attacking areas for what felt like longer areas, long periods of time. But I guess they're transferred, so actually they got towards the line, they actually got in attacking areas to score the tries, and then would go back, whereas Argentina would pound away for a long time, like inside that 22 to halfway, around that 10-meter line, they were pitched up there quite a lot and not moving too far. Um, like you said, the defense was was pretty good from the box throughout that matchup, and they took their chances, the Pumas didn't, um, 
the kicks were really the only way they looked like they were going to score tries. They didn't have too much uh, through their attacking of attacking threats through their back line. The, I mean, the forwards played pretty well, and, and they were the usual boisterous self when they were out and running around the field. But yeah, when you, South Africa took their chances, and, and they capped that game off too with that intercept try, which really did kind of sum that match up of Argentina pounding away, trying to get some reward, and then just getting knocked over by something, you know, a killer blow, a turnover, a penalty, the dropping the ball or the intercept that ultimately finished them off. And you're right. I think South Africa, when they got to that lead, they're like, we'll just defend this out. And and the Pumas kind of took their chances when it got to the end where the, half the team were already back in the showers by that point. Um, and things got a bit closer than they would have liked. But yeah, I mean, when you got Evan Beth running down that five meter line, <laughs> Just bulldozing over players. I mean, he is he is a monster. Those guys are absolute monsters, and they had a lot of standout performers. But they they took their chances, and I guess that's the big thing. Argentina they they kicked well in the first half. I think they only missed one kick in that first forty minutes. I could be wrong about that. But in the second half, Canetas completely fell off the horse with his kicking. And it's funny because at the start they're like, "Oh, they're going to miss Buffelli," and then he, he knocked two or three over, and they're like, "Stop talking about Buffelli." And then second half come along where he all fell apart and they're like, if only they picked Buffelli, you know, oh, check his Mr. Trick here. Buffelli should always be in the team and and, and this sort of thing. So chances, uh, I don't think they would have got that close had those kicks gone over in terms of those last couple of tries um, were kind of like South Africa just winding down the clock. But, you know, it's an entertaining matchup. I think for South Africa's perspective, um, they would have probably tested out the things they wanted to test out. Because they did get pressurized in terms of long periods against their defense. Um, they got to see quite a bit of that, how that would work. And unfortunately for the, the Williams situation, they didn't get to see the young guy who they'd want to actually see if he was capable of pushing on through. But yeah, uh, an interesting performance. I had standouts um, for Edzabeth. I thought he was fantastic. Edzabeth and Vermeulen. Um, I think stood up head and shoulders above the rest uh, for the Springboks in this, certainly. They were, they were strong and powerful. And I'll credit a Puma as well, Lucio Sinti, the, the midfielder. Oh, he's, he's a great player. And the reason why he plays every game for them in this series, he, he is just quality. Um, good attacking weapon, a, a just good all-round sort of player. And I think he, he was a standout for me in an Argentinian shirt. Cool. I mean, uh, a couple of things um, from live chat. And LB says um, that uh, the box are struggling at the rucks at the moment. Well, look, they only lost two rucks, but they gave up. But Argentina had the put in at scrum time 10 times, which tells you knock-ons or suggests knock-ons were an issue for um, the uh, the spring box at handling was an issue, uh, which caused a lot of those uh, or a bunch of those turnovers um, there um, in that one. Um, you're right about the kicks, though. Yeah, one miss in the first half, two miss in the uh, second half. Um which was uh, uh, which, which was um, a big part of it, and the other thing here is again playing style. Larue stepping up uh, into first receiver a lot, um, and uh, now whether that's because you know, Nocturnal Rights says that this is um, uh, that this is uh, uh, destroys the confidence of the ten, um, or is this that, that actually the um, the Springboks just don't have a ten that uh, that they can trust to do it? I don't know. Um, but uh, either way, there is a problem there um, at 10 uh, or at first receiver um, for the Springboks at the moment. And Albie says that, uh, look, um, that Faf was not playing well um, as well. Um, yeah, sometimes 
if uh, if you've not got someone there that you uh, that you're used to or that you want, then uh, maybe that's that's part of the that doesn't help the nine either. Um, but um, I don't know what the problem is there. But yeah, there's definitely a problem there that uh, that Pollard, um, I guess, is the answer for um, if he uh, if he's back in time and if he's in form. Uh, but uh, if not, then they have to make it sort it out with these guys uh, that they've got now. I don't think I don't know if there's anyone else they can sort of bring in. Um, unless there's a certain person, unless there's a there's a stain somewhere, um, because there's a few of those around uh, who used to play in that number ten jersey, a Mornay or a Francoise or a, I don't know. Um, but um, uh, but hey, that really would be going back to uh, to the olden days. Um, so look, a frame. Puma, <laughs> so again, look. I'm, I still think the um, the Springboks are going to be a, a threat come come Rebel World Cup time and be one of the one of the uh, the teams. They've got another three games to go. They've got the um, the Pumas again uh, before playing Wales and the All Blacks um, before that uh, key game for them, opening game of the Rebel World Cup for them um, against Scotland. So they are one of the teams that have to arrive actually at the tournament in form. Um, I say a lot of other teams don't have to, but they do. Because one of their two key games, which is one against Scotland, one against Ireland, uh, in that pool games, is their first game up. Um, so for them, it is key. The Pumas, look, they're heading in the right direction. Um, they've beaten the Wallabies and they've gone within one point of the spring box. Um, they're heading in the right direction, heading towards this um, uh, this Rugby World Cup. They've got, uh, in um, in Cheka, they've got a, uh, a head coach who's taken a team to a Rugby World Cup final before. Um, so look, they've got a coach who knows... Um, how to do it, um, and a guy who I think a lot of us thought was a kind of an emotional coach, but when we've heard him on when he was working on um, for um, uh, for the Australian TV channel, I've gone blank as to who they were, who they are um, that uh, that um, that has all the rugby now in Australia. But his analysis was very good um, tactically, um, so I think he's a much better tactical coach than we've. Than the, the a lot of us gave gave him credit for when he was the Wallabies head coach. Um, so uh, look, I think he's I think I think Argentina, to my mind, are heading in the right direction. Which as an English supporter is not good, um, <laughs> especially with Japan just beating Tonga. Um, so yes, so that's um, sort of final comments before we wrap I, up on the weekend. I, I look forward. Yeah, I think um, I think that game. Uh, looked made Argentina look better than they were. Uh, there was a game where I'd always felt like the Springboks were in control of the match. They always looked like they were a step ahead and they were playing on their terms. They weren't playing to to the Pumas game at all. Um, those last two tries, it, yeah, if you if you looked at this game and the final score was twenty two seven or, or twenty two. 10 or, or something, 22-13, whatever it was before those last couple of tries with missed kicks and what have you, you wouldn't probably be saying much about this for the Pumas. I think the scoreline just skews what it looks like um, from an Argentinian perspective. I think they would have wanted a lot more control over this game than they had. They they had very, very little. Um, and that, that second half, like that, the second half was all Argentina. They were, they were camped down for... The, the whole half pretty much and and they got very little return until right at the very very end um so uh, yeah it looks good for them what south africa scored seven points in the second half and that was an intercept try off their own line from marnie libok so that tells you 
that was all there was all Argentina on the attack. Um, they scored what twelve of their points? No, eight, whatever it was, eleven or so of their points in the second. So they were certainly the ones that played the game, but they weren't in control. They were it was still, even though Springboks didn't have the ball, they were dictating with their defence, if that makes any sense at all. They just look safe. They look secure. Argentina didn't look like they were going to break the line at all, uh, which is a, a hard thing to try and describe. But um, Springboks should feel, I think, they'll be taking the more comfortable uh, feelings out of that than uh, the Pumas. They've only got a lot, to, a lot to work on. On the attack, especially their attack, scoring points. Yep. Um, as uh, Lockton Wright says, Dunedin match, dudes. Yes, let's talk about the Dunedin match then. Um, <laughs> as um, Foster says, he says, I, lo- I love the words dead rubber from one perspective because it means that we've uh, done the job in the first test, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still a test match. It's a vital cog on our little step for the Rugby World Cup. Um, it's another chance to have a look at a few options, um, both in the way we play and in personnel. I think it's fair to say you will see a, a couple of changes. Well, yeah, I mean, there's been bugger all changes in the last two games, which has been kind of uh, kind of good to see that consistency. Um, now, uh, now on on uh, on Monday, um, for some reason in Napier, from from what I've read, apparently Monday, in, so he's going to fly from Dunedin to Napier to announce the uh, the Rugby World Cup squad. Why? I've got no idea. But anyway, um, that's what I read earlier. Um, so the Monday after this test match is when they when they name the World Cup squad. So this is last chance saloon or the last chance last opportunity for players um, to put um, put their names forward. Um, the apparently Noah Noah has got a um, uh, what's what I'm looking for. I've gone blank. Um, has got a bad back, and so he has not been able. Uh, so he will not be available um, for this weekend. So his. His, if he gets um, included in the squad, it'll be off um, what he's done so far. Um, apparently, Leicester Fainuku is available, as is Joe Moody coming back from injury. So, um, a couple of players there available for selection um, if um, if they want to. So, um, but uh, um, in the live chat there, someone said, yeah, a couple of changes. Well, that means um, wholesale changes. Um what are you expecting? Are we expecting to see basically the uh, every single player who hasn't had a go or who didn't play last weekend plays next weekend? Or how are we wholesale changes? Or are we talking about tinkering, um, just giving a couple of players an opportunity? Uh, it's hard to say. I, I would like to see fairly wholesale changes because injuries and give them a game. We've done the job. Change, but not as in the whole 23. I don't want to see a whole new 23. I think just bring your bench guys on, starters to the bench, sort of swap it out, give a few guys out of the squad, into the squad. Probably the key positions where you actually will need the depth in those guys. Like I'm thinking a McKenzie needs to start. Um, as much as I really liked Roy Gard's effort at the end of that test against the Wallabies, Aaron Smith starting this test for mine and he's playing 70 minutes because last test at home, at his home ground, this is his moment. This is his game. Um, so, Roy Gard, you have to wait. Um, I don't know. You've had, what, what, do you get 15 minutes to kind of make his claim, which is a bit uh, a bit short. But uh, he'll get, hopefully, some more game time uh, in this match as well. But, yeah, all the positions we know. Like, give, give the other second rows a, go, a game. Scott Barrett is in- incredible. 
he's there. Um, give those other guys a chance to make that squad. Um, mix up the front rows. We know that De Groot and Lomax are, are our best guys now. As much as I hate to say it, Tuanga Fasi, give him a shot. Give Lalala a shot to start and see. Put those other guys on the bench. Just changes like that. Um, McKenzie needs to start. And Tom Luna Brown will start. He, he come off the bench. So we'll see. It's a bit of a change in that midfield, I think. Other positions, though, I want to see Mar- Talia stay on that left wing because I want to see him play again. So I think he's a guy I want to see more of. So guys, some guys will stay and see more, um, whereas others that I'm, I'm happy with, I'd like to see change. I think this is probably a game we'll see maybe five or six. I, I would probably want to see 10 or 11. So apparently Fletcher Newell is back from injury as well um, and available Come in. for consideration. Um, so... <laughs> Um, in there. Um, look, Sapini um, uh, Finau and um, Dallas McLeod are the uh, two players who are in the squad who have who are still not capped. So it'll be interesting to see whether they get a they get a run out or not. Um, if they don't, then clearly they're not going through the World Cup, pretty much. Um, and then you're okay. looking at Topu um, Topu Vai in as a um, uh, as a uh, as as a as uh, using him as a basically back row option and also lock um, with Luke Jacobson and Dalton Papilihi uh, in there. Um, the not um, I think Schmidt will um, direct minimal disruption close to a team like Ireland. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's one of these things, isn't it? Is it? Um, I think I think players like Lester Fying Nuku, um, Fletcher Nowell, uh, uh, Newell, um, Joe Moody. The guys coming back from injury, they will get an opportunity. Um, the uh, whilst I like your sentiment of oh, play Aaron Smith for night seventy minutes. No, I'm sorry, but um, we yep. don't need to do that. As you say, he, he is he is one of the most important players um, in this team. Um, if you're looking at kind of which player do you not do you want to lose the least? Um, in some ways, he's 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 the most. Um, He'll still start uh, the most required there. Um, yeah, fine, but take him off at halftime or or yeah. soon after halftime. Let him and um, let him get his standing ovation as he leaves the pitch. Um, I'll compromise. The... <laughs> um, but um, I would. I, I look. There's only so many games left. Uh, mm. Uh, a, a couple of changes to give those those injured players a run out, um, plus maybe one or two others that you think of that you're thinking of taking. Otherwise, I would go with consistency now and just right. This is our team, and we're playing it from now through to winning the Rugby World Cup, um, and just pray that injuries aren't going to happen. Effectively, it's <laughs> not um, how it works. Maybe it's not, but at the moment, um, I, I want to give Geordie Barrett and Rico Wani as much time as possible together. Get as much I would give experience them more time together. together but yeah. again, um, also, I mean, how much time has Richie played outside? How much time has Geordie, sorry, played outside of Richie Moranga? How much time has Richie Moranga had Geordie outside of? Five games, if that, mm. um, maybe. Uh, so again, just give them as many games as possible to get those combinations right. Now, Bring in a less firing Uki on the left or the right wing for Will Jordan or Mark Salia, no big deal. Bring Damien on for Bowden Barrett at fullback. That's fine. I'm not too not too fussed about that. Um, 
about that core of um, uh, but uh, but otherwise um, again how many times has uh, say uh, uh, Tamita Williams and uh, Fletcher Newell um, scrummed with um, uh, Sansoni Takilaho give, give, give these combinations if, if that's going to be a bench have them on the bench and give them let them come on together um, and just get that cohesion get plan A right and make sure plan A will win rather than plan B, C and D um, mm. yeah uh, I, I get it yes Beaver won a rugby world cup we're on fly half number, tw- number 25 uh, fine yes I, I understand that can happen um, but also Dan Carter can be doing drop goals in the final as well um as we saw four years later. So, uh, yeah, get combination A working. Um, mm. Yes, that leaves massive question marks. Who is the replacement for Geordie Barrett? Who is the replacement for Eco Y? Haven't got a clue. <laughs> Maybe it is Antonio Brown and Brayden Nenor, who have never played together. Um, yeah, that's Maybe problem, it will come it? back to Biden. That's the risk. Yep. Mm. I don't know. I think um, there's a lot of options. I think if if they go with what you say, the changes will be early and they'll be rather wholesale. Like say half time, forty five minutes, especially like front rows, um, and those sort of cluster changes uh, will be yep. all very early, as much time as you can get. But yeah, I, I, I see you. I see your point. Keeping this together, I would like to see you're right about the midfield. I think that's an area that certainly does need a bit more of it. Uh, I think it's it's fair to see a guy like Luke Jacobson get a bit more time as well. Um, just hasn't. You know, such a highly regarded player to send that opportunity. But I think the wings are, we, we kind of need to play three wingers because we need to see three <laughs> players to Flester's back. Because we, I, I still want to see more of um, Talia. Will Jordan's been out with that injury off and on so much that, you know, his rugby's been pretty fractured. And now you've got Lester coming back as well. It's like, uh, do, Will Jordan's fullback, Lester on a wing, Talia, Bone Barrett gets a rest. Then you go back to, oh, well, and you're changing too much of your combinations. You're messing with that 10 15 sort of combination of, of those guys moving around. So do you go, yeah, that's what I mean. Who, who's, in, um, who's in Foster's head about how they want to play? Consistency or a little bit extra, you know, 40, 50 minutes for your depth to, to play out against. Let's be honest, it's a good Wallabies team, all the same. And they're not complete garbage, although they've played oh, yeah. like it. They're still a very high-quality side. So you're getting a good practice for free, really, aren't you? Sure. Look, And a combination of Scott Barrett with either Retallick or Whitelock, look, he's played lots with those guys. Yes. <laughs> that Works. combination is not needed, right? <laughs> um, no. So that's fine. Um, so that, that, that's a combination that I'm happy to, to rotate through and bring in other players. Um, but it's where combinations are, are not known. But... Um, so Pini Finau and um, uh, and Dallas McLeod. Well, look, guys, you've Too got late. the kit. Well done. Sorry, you've not got the cap, but you got the kit. <laughs> yeah, like like Caleb Clark, take your take your free shirts and go home. Um, sorry, but Caleb Clark is going through every World Cup. <laughs> I know. I can I can dream. Play I, him though, and he might get. I don't, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. But yeah, but um, but but I think he's going. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think definitely. Um, so yeah. Um, the um, yeah, Wallabies don't have a tight head. Uh, beats a couple of weaker scrummages to replace injured guys. Like, uh, I feel, uh, yeah, and that's 
that position. If you add anything about is... the Wallabies, that Wallabies game, is that what were they thinking of Tupo? Like when he took that back injury or, or whatever rib or whatever they thought it was, leaving him off for so long or him trying to stay on for so long when he was clearly hurting. And it was detrimental. And that's what, you know, caused him to do that tackle that got him the yellow card. It, it was just a, a, the snowball effect of things going from bad to worse. He, he should have been just hooked straight away. I know they didn't have the replacement because he was the replacement, but yeah, that could have made an injury 10 times worse by that extra 10 minutes or eight minutes or whatever it was he played. It was, I think that's poor. That's kind of where you got to kind of take over and say, no, buddy, you, get off. Don't argue. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, especially in the Rugby World Cup, yeah. I mean, generally, look, yeah, right. I don't like players playing through injury full stop. Now, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm probably at total, they're always playing semi-injured, blah, 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 sure. But uh, when you see those kind of things, like get them off the pitch, assessed, um, and, and deal with it during the week. Um, I think was, was I am... Um, I gone blank as a player that played like with a broken arm for, um, I think it was probably a, um, a Martinonu, I think got praised for playing with a broken arm for a whole game. And like, no, um, if you've, if you've broken your arm, get off. You could do, you could do a lot of damage to that. Um, if it gets hit again, uh, let, let, let's stop treating them like um, that, that being a hero move and say it's a bad move. Um, it, uh, as Dr. Rice, it's very sad for Alan Allen. So absolutely very sad. Um, and uh, you got to feel for that feel, feel for the guy. Um, so as far as the airport, as far as the airplane goes, I think we'll see Luke Jake. Um, uh, we've already said De Groot, Williams, Lomax, Newell. Uh, maybe not Newell because he's just come back from injury. We'll have to see how he goes. Um, and then one of Offer or um, Neopo um, going in. The hookers pick themselves. I think all five locks will go because I think we'll have um, Kane, Sevilla, Frizzell. Jacobson and Papi Lee as your Lucy's. The scrum halves again, it's the three that are there. Um, mm. Camroy God said nothing wrong to say, hey, bring in Brad Weber or Falaf Akataba. Um, uh, Richie and Damien are there for uh, in the centres. Um, I guess I'd put, I, I put Anselm Brown there, which is perhaps a bit um, ambitious, but I think it'll be Rico, Anton, Jordi, and um, Braden Nennell um, at the four. Uh, obviously, Dallas McLeod is coming too late to the picture, and I don't think I don't know if Jack Goodhue did enough um, in the Japan test. Maybe he did. Um, if he did, then I expect to see him back in the squad or around the squad for for this weekend. It's a late um, call, isn't it? Jordan to drop Talia. a guy you've had for like the last month of tournaments to drop him out for a guy that's played what two games of little tour matches. That's harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it is. Um, uh, but so uh, you're looking at those. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's, uh, it's in some ways it's been easier to pick the airplane this year than any other year <laughs> than, mm-hmm. than last than like than four years ago. Uh, having that um, having that All Blacks fifteen made it very clear as to who was in, who was out, <laughs> mm-hmm. who, who was. Uh, uh, and then you, 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 your back three. I think it's going to be um, Jordan Talia, Barrett Clark. Plus, probably Fionuku, um, depending on how he goes this weekend. Uh, but it might be uh, Nariki. Sorry, so it might be um, Nalraya. Has he done enough um, with the back injury he's got now? We'll just have to wait and see. Or actually, maybe all three go. Uh, he's suddenly looking at how many specs I've got in the, in the squad. Um, 
Problem uh, solved. But, um, so yeah, problem solved. Yes, exactly. Um, but um, or maybe they just take five back threes and take six props, which is what I would do. Lots of props, folks. Props get hurt, and they and you have and you have to play six and four of them every single game. Mm. Yeah, we saw that the week. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point. Cool. Goodness. Uh, any final comments about what's coming out this weekend? Or anything else, really, for that matter? Oh, geez. No, I think I've talked about enough, haven't I? God, gone on. It's been a big weekend, big weekend of rugby. It's been quite good. Um, I, I'm, I am interested to see what's going to happen now that the competition sort of side of things is officially finished now. So even though teams... Uh, we all knew that they were, especially near the end, looking towards building and, and developing these things, not really caring so much about competitions. But now it's officially over, isn't it? It is officially over. They can look forward. And what's going to change? You know, what are they going to do teams? You know, are they going to keep the A teams? Are they going to try and build the depth? That sort of stuff's going to be quite interesting. So, yeah, so I mean, another good weekend. Hopefully, um, hopefully no more people get broken. Had enough, had enough broken people. Sorry, <laughs> bad weekend. Well, not to ask the score prediction. Look, it's very difficult to do a prediction when you don't actually know what the what the uh, the goals of the um, uh, of the twenty eight thirteen. Twenty eight thirteen. Wow! So you're going for a fifteen point win. Um, look, yeah, I think you're, I, I, I'm, I'm going to think so. I, I, I'm looking for a um, a two to three, two to three score. Um, so you, the the Northern Rights going for a twenty point gap. Yeah, that that sort of fourteen to 15, that sort of fifteen to twenty points, I think, is where it's going to be um, for the All Blacks. Uh, and you don't know what the Wallabies for... are going to do either. True, but it's a lot for the Wallabies to turn Yeah. Um, so who knows? So, um, yeah. Uh, but let's be honest. Eddie Jones doesn't want a uh, sort of sixty-point game. Um, as you said, one of the things that he doesn't need right now. Is or one one of the, the only problem he's got at the moment is that losing mentality. It's felt they've lost every game. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand he's a new head coach. Um, he's a new. He's got all these kind of. Uh, um, he's, he's, it's all about the Royal Cup. It was never about the Rugby Championship. Mm-hmm. For him. Um, he had he, he had no time for. He had no time go, running into this. So, yeah. but as you said, he can't. He, or he doesn't want to write the Royal Cup with only losses on the ledger. Um, now. Mm-hmm. He's going to lose this weekend. We all know that. All right, it's going to happen. The problem is, what he doesn't want, though, is a is a 50-60 point drubbing. Um, it was bad enough losing um, 7.38 last weekend. So I can't see him doing wholesale changes. Um, I think he's got to decide, right, my squad is this, or this is my team. I'm going with it. I think the, the 7 is more damaging to him than the 38 was. Yeah, yes. And I do think that's the Aussies' problem, has been scoring points rather than defending. Um, you got a lot says, of good players. Like, so the, continue. Yeah, you <laughs> know, with only twelve points for against, so twelve against South Africa, and thirty-one against Argentina. So they did score a few against Argentina, but then again, that included an intercept try. It also included that some um, sort of miracle um, Nick White. Off the back of the scrum, turning one way this way to score, they weren't created tries. Um, so fourteen points were from that. Um, the other, um, what does that make it? The other seventeen points, um, you could say, came from came from perhaps normal kind of normal play, and then seven points 
uh, this weekend. So you're right. Uh, yeah, I think the scoring side is the Wallabies' problem at the moment, rather than necessarily the defence, even though they have given up 43 points, 34 points and 38 points. So, mm. yeah, it's <laughs> until it's sold, isn't it? Ball. Yeah, I think they've yeah, got good, good players, though. Like, Noangani Tawazi, I thought, was incredible again for the Wallabies. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of breaks. But like someone said in the comments earlier, he's, he's all alone. Like, he makes those breaks, and he, he couldn't offload if he wanted to because there's no one else there. He often loses the ball because there's no one else there. Um, and it just there's a lack of support. Um, I've kind of been dis- disappointed with well how good their midfield is. Yet it's not performing. Like I don't think we're seeing enough out of out of Karibi uh, or Pattaya. Okay, that's harsh on Pattaya because that was his first game back. But those guys that are in there, it's Karibi. I think for me, just not doing enough yep. back rows and support. Just just things like that. That's what the problem is. I think the the outside backs are doing damage, uh, but they're just not getting the support and the, and the flow on effects from that break. So they're getting a break, getting up the field, and then they're doing losing the ball, giving away a penalty, knocking it on. It's it's not continuous. Um, and there is look, there is a plethora of it this weekend. We've also got Scotland versus France, Wales versus England, Romania versus the USA, Ireland versus Italy. Um, obviously, the Argentina versus South Africa, where it's think South Africa will get will put up another win um, as well. Um, Uruguay versus Namibia and Chile versus the Argentinian 15. So there is a lot of rugby um, this weekend. I will not be watching all of it. Oh, that's I've, I've even missed out the Samoa Tonga game um, and the Japan Fiji game as well. Um, so there is a lot of a lot of rugby this weekend. Um, and you're right, I, I will not get to see it all, but we will bring you at least the results um, and talk about those um, from uh, uh, when we when we go on. Uh, Nocturnal Rights says. Um, any game plan is rubbish. He doesn't have the power of the England pack to implement his schemes. Look, uh, one of the things I'll say about Eddie is that he can adapt to the players. He didn't have the power of the England pack for his Japan team either. Um, and he got some good results from them, didn't he? Um, so I, do, I don't think Eddie has... This is, he's not a Nick White. This is how I play. Um, he, I think he can change tactics according to players. Um, so we'll see what he can get out of them. He's just had no time with these players. Let's be, let's be blunt. Um, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, thank you, everyone. Stay safe <laughs> and uh, enjoy the rest of this coming weekend.